WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. When I think about how to take a look at my company, I, I have, I think, a pretty slanted view, Dennis. I don't really see it very objectively. I'm going to be, I'm fessing up to that, admittedly so, that I have my, my, my personal thoughts about how my company looks outwardly, inwardly, and all that. But there's a really, you know, I was once told that there are three truths in this world. The truth that you see, the truth that the customer sees, and the truth that actually sits out there. And I think that what we probably need to do is have some help when it takes when it comes to taking a look at our company. No, I agree. And, and also, as those companies begin to grow from one individual to many, you can unfortunately start having little fiefdoms developed inside the organization that you think is doing everything in the right direction and kind of is, but there's sometimes things pulling at it that's not making it the most productive. And I had the opportunity to meet a company called New Orchard that actually does something that I'd never seen before Hmm. to help an organization get to this really, really quickly. And we're really lucky today to have Samantha with New Orchard joining us to talk about this tool they have and then you know how they help companies use it and how things are come out differently on the other side. So Samantha, welcome. Hi guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Samantha. Since I'm kind of a little uh, new to this concept and, you know, I was really excited when Dennis was telling me about this. Can you give us a little bit of a, a, an idea from like, if you will, like a, a 10,000 foot view, really what, what this is really all about? Yeah, absolutely. So my company, New Orchard, what we do is we attempt to measure the hard things of business, Uh, the nuanced stuff, the sticky stuff, the stuff that exists kind of in between relationships, in between strategies, um, all the bones and marrow. So what we really look at is kind of predominantly three different angles. We look at a business as its core identity. So what are the fundamental truths, the basic business philosophies? We all have different philosophies of business, the way we think business should be approached, no matter what uh, school of business you subscribe to, just different way of approaching things. So what are the fundamental truths about a business that people may or may not even know that they're operating under? The other aspect that we look at is the capacity for change. So what are the mindsets, tendencies, capabilities, beliefs um, of people and also of businesses of entire organisms to be able to implement, but also sustain positive change over time. And are those things present in the company today? And then the last piece that we look at is really the maturity of processes based off of the behaviors that go into them. I can kind of dig down into the details of that as we can continue on here, but we're really looking at all of the critical processes that happen inside of a business, everything from strategic planning to budgeting to marketing plan, uh, branding, value proposition, design, forecasting, hiring, you know, we get into the nitty gritty of business and we actually measure not the outputs of the process, how well it's working, but what behaviors are actually being put into the process as a more reliable way to predict outcomes over time. So we measure all of that, put data around it, uh, and try and make it as objective as possible for business leaders to be able to make really informed decisions that are based off of data, not just kind of your gut or your subjective bias, as you've already identified. So that's a little bit of what New Orchard does. 
Yeah, and what's really cool about it is they've got several different tests. One I'm going to call it is a real quick test, and it's mm -hmm. amazing how it works, and, and Samantha will share on that. As a company, I've also done the more in-depth one. It's definitely a lot more deeper dive information gathering. I actually did it from a standpoint of looking at if I wanted to ever sell my business, do I have it all in order and what are the where are the gaps or the things that I need to do to get the business ready to sell? So there's different ways you can approach this. But the one that I thought was really cool was this 12 questions that I filled out in less than two minutes and had some of my team members do the exact same thing. And literally within five minutes, we had a printout saying, hey, here's what the organism or the organization function as as and it was radically different than what I envisioned in my head versus what came out on the paper and Samantha mm -hmm. kind of talk about that one. I think that was yeah. kind of cool yeah absolutely so the <laughs> tool that you're referring to is called our business identity index it's a typology tool so if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs the disc the Enneagram all of those are typology tools as well the big difference for our tool is that we are not actually typing the respondent so the person who's filling out those 12 questions Based off of how they answer those 12 questions, we are presenting them with a business type. So there are 16 possible business types, and each of these are um, vastly different or just nuance uh, different from each other. But it kind of presents people with a framework by which to start talking about and articulating, again, those basic business philosophies. What do I think is true about how the business approaches the fundamental things that we have to do day in and day out? And how does that actually end up influencing my decisions in my role? And as an additional layer, what does my personality have to do with that? So where does my personality, my comfort level actually shape what I believe is true about the business, as opposed to looking at the business's strategy or the business's truth and then adjusting how I approach my role according to that North Star. So the tool takes two minutes to do, it's 12 questions. The respondent takes it, they answer these questions that essentially ask them to decide between two characteristics, which one is more true of your business today. Now, what I always find in facilitating these is that there's three ways that people actually end up answering these questions. Hmm. Um, one is, and this is, you know, to very common, people will answer the questions out of their personality. So they'll answer the questions based off of how they would answer them personally. No matter how many times you tell people, hey, take this for your business, you're still going to get a couple of those in the mix. The second way that people answer them is they'll answer them correctly, but they'll answer them out of frustration. And when I say correctly, I mean accurately. Uh, so they answer them out of frustration. So it'll be, yes, this is the way we're doing it. But geez, Louise, it's driving me nuts, you know, that we're doing it this way. And so it ends up actually skewing things to a little bit more of an intense position than what is actually real, because that's what it feels like for them. And then the third way, and this is rare, but it does happen. People do answer it accurately. They do answer it accurate to this moment. And it's also fun, too, to see the way the different roles actually come down. Um, because when we look at the, we have a map of the 16 types that kind of talks about how they're related and interrelated. And there's a particular branch of this map that is the, um, their disruptors, their future focus, their very risk tolerant vision, you know, but they really struggle to get down to the details. And I would say that 80% of my CEOs end up there, regardless of what their business actually is or where the rest of their team is. That's where my CEOs almost always end up. 
And so it's really good um, as a result of this to watch them actually see where the rest of their teams are landing, start identifying what the distance between the business I, as a CEO, think that I am building and what my COO actually thinks that we're here building. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, what my CFO actually thinks that we're here building. Do you, do you um, so, see differences sometimes? I mean, are there some big gaps there sometimes? Oh, vastly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we see more teams that are that are very misaligned than we see teams that are aligned because it's really hard to create alignment, especially in kind of mid-sized businesses where you do. The CEO should be casting vision. They should be out there at the front, um, you know, kind of calling directions back to the rest of the team based off of what they're able to see. But again, that just because that's their role doesn't excuse them from having a fundamentally different understanding of their business than their COO or their CFO does. Um, so yeah, it's good to watch. It's always interesting to see where people come down. Are they answering out of their personalities? Are they answering out of what they believe is true? Are they answering out of deep frustration? Uh, and start helping businesses actually walk through those conversations together in really healthy ways by giving them the words to do it um, and, you know, ultimately driving teams to alignment. So, Samantha, this is, this is fascinating to me. And, and so we'll take, have the leadership take these assessments and be able to understand what their company looks like. What do we, what do you do that with that information? What, what do you kind of go with after that? They've got all that data there and uh, what can, what can, you know, your clients do with it? Yeah. Great question. It's a little bit of an iterative process. Um, some people simply take it, see where I am today. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> some people really want to drive towards alignment. And so I always really like watching these teams kind of go through the, the iterative process. So we'll have the leadership team take the 12 questions as kind of a level setting. Where does everyone believe the business is today? What do they fundamentally believe to be true about the business today? And then we look at the comparison, right? We'll see the areas where people are aligned, see the areas where people are not aligned, so on and so forth. The next thing that we do is we actually start the process of defining, going back through the same questions now as a team in a unified way and debating who we should become. So which, if we're looking again at those 16 archetypes, which one of these 16 is the most advantageous position that we can take in order to reach our shared goals or our unified vision? Now, sometimes teams don't even have shared goals or unified vision. So that's a totally different <laughs> process that we have to take them through. Um, they often think that they do and yet they don't. And so, but if we're able to, again, drive the team now together, in consensus, back through the same process of identifying, um, you know, are we are we actually disruptive or are we actually competitors in our market? And a lot of people, that one especially, a lot of people think that they have figured out and they do not. Um, mm -hmm. And those are vastly different business models, even if they're fundamentally doing the same thing. So we drive people back through the same questions. They're now answering them in a unified way, looking future, looking out towards the future and kind of scoping for the future. And then we're able to, hopefully, they can come to complete consensus. That doesn't always happen. And so it takes a little bit of iterative discussion to kind of get them to that place. 
Um, but hopefully we can drive them to either one or two candidates of the 16 business types. And that is what they are able to turn around and kind of structure the rest of their strategic conversation around. So each of the types has a five to six page, just like if you were to take the Enneagram and you've got the eight, there's all sorts of content on what it means to be an eight. Um, and so the same thing applies here. So the, each of our types has a lot of content, good descriptions, tendencies, pri priorities, uh, pros and cons of this position. And so the team then takes that. We take them through a process where they do a SWOT analysis. If we were to take this position, what are the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that we could foresee based off of this business type? And then that becomes strategy. So it's an iterative process. We take, team take teams through all the way from misalignment to strategy. Yeah, and Samantha, I know when talking to Rusty, who is the CEO of New Orchard, he had a client that they, they took the, the test. They, then they had an offsite for a week or so and, and went through the whole process and then took it again. And then that became kind of their new North star of where they were going to mm -hmm. go and see, you know, make sure. And then they had that plan periodically to have that test retaken to make sure that they're on kind of the same path. And because it, it's such a quick test, it's not like it's taking yeah. hours and hours. You can, like I said, within two minutes, if you're fast, you can probably do it in a minute, answer those 12 questions and you get the results really, really quick. So it's really, really cool. Um, and I think, it, this applies to any group in the organization. So it doesn't even have to be a whole company. I'm thinking it could be a department, especially if it's a large organization, it could just be a department or a couple departments that work together a lot to take it. So you don't even have to have the whole organization do the test if you didn't want to. It just depends on yeah. what you focused at. The tool is really flexible, which is one of the things that I really like about it. So it can be applied in a lot of different contexts. And one so one project that we actually have going right now is so there's a CPA firm and they have started adding on these advisory services. So they have six different advisory services, they call them practice groups that live inside this large CPA firm. So they've got things like transaction advisory services, um, litigation and valuation, healthcare consulting, right? All of these different advisory groups. And these groups were acquisitions. So what they're able to do now is to say, okay, the manager of all of the advisory groups, he sits over all of them. He has now been able to basically personality profile each one of these practice groups. So my uh, litigation and valuation group is more of a traditionalist business. My advisory service or my, sorry, my growth and innovation group is more of a maverick business. And I'm just using some of the words from the uh, tool here. But now as he approaches each one of these groups, his management style is able to conform to the fundamental truths of that group. So it's not a one size fits all approach, even though they are six kind of practice groups within one larger department. He's able to approach each one of them as a unique individual organism and manage them appropriately based off of how they, you know, how they kind of identified on that business identity index. So yeah, there's lots of different, um, really flexible applications of the tool. Can, can you share, Samantha, this is, this is, again, I find this really interesting here, but can you talk a little bit about, you know, obviously without any names, but maybe some success stories or some results that you've seen from some of the processes you've witnessed? Yeah, I can talk about success stories and 
I can also talk about, I would call it a success story, but they may not call it a success story. We <laughs> actually had one business that ended up breaking up over the, the results of the business identity index. Um, <laughs> from a product standpoint, I call it a success story because it worked. <laughs> like it identified the things that were fundamentally not working. And so, you know, but um, they they took the business identity index they realized that they had been trying to craft a business over the last three years that was fundamentally going in two different directions. You had one guy who really wanted to be kind of innovative and out there and try something new. The rest of the guys really were just looking for a level of comfort and kind of a lifestyle business. And so there was fundamental different approach to business, which had been felt over the last three years, but not actually articulated. I would say, that, I mean, that's, that's where that that conflict happens in that, that group. I'm assuming, I'm assuming they were, they were, they were making progress, but it was painful and people probably weren't getting along as well as they should have. Yes, absolutely. Um, So they were feeling it the whole time. What we were able to do is simply articulate it, put words around it, put a framework around it for them to be able to have a good, healthy discussion. And that group ended up going from this place of tension um, to actually having a really healthy discussion and a really healthy breakup, for lack of a better term, um, that allowed them both to move on kind of with mutual respect um, and, and you know, make a, a turn a bad story good because they were able to have a good, healthy dialogue around the results. So that's one <laughs> piece yeah. uh, or one story. I would call that a success. Maybe not everybody would. but <laughs> That sounds successful um, to me. Yeah. I think another one that that's kind of worked, we've worked through recently with one of our clients. So this was a client that was, uh, they've, they've been around for about 10 years. They're an implementer of a large uh, HR software. And the, they kind of, they kind of done what they set out to do in the first 10 years. They really had reached their goals. They'd, um, you know, created a place in the market that was really strong and really stable. And as the CEO began looking at the next 10 years, she was really struggling to actually articulate what she wanted the vision of the company to be, because it started out very disruptive. um, And then it kind of moved moved into a competitive space. And and so she's got people in her ear saying, okay, we got to move back into a disruptive space. Uh, She's got people in her ear saying, no, 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 we have to support, you know, the, the product and the customers that we've acquired. So what does she do, right? How does she kind of cast the next 10 years worth of vision? So we took them through the process. We had their leadership team take the business identity index, but actually before we showed her the results, we had her take it aspirationally. So normally you would take it, what's the current state of my business? Uh, but we had her go through it and say, okay, answer these 12 questions as you would you would want your business to be in the future. And this She wasn't required to create any firm strategic plans or cast any firm vision, just simply to describe basically the personality of the business that she wanted to continue to build. And so she did this process and um, we were able to present her with two candidates for what the business she wanted to build potentially could be. Um, so there ended up being kind of a, a slightly disruptive, but pretty stable and pretty proven company. And then a competitive company, but that was really innovative. And so they're slightly different uh, in in motivation, but not necessarily that different in method. And so she was able to look at the two candidates and then she read one and it just absolutely was exactly what she 
wanted the business to become. And again, she didn't have to start nailing down firm strategic plans. She could just describe, she could um, talk to her team about the business, the feel of the business, the personality of the business, the philosophy of the business that she wanted to continue to drive towards. And so it was really reassuring for her because she had really been struggling for months to actually start articulating what the future vision of this business was going to be. And in about 30 minutes, answering these 12 questions and doing some discussion with her COO, they were able to arrive at what the vision for the company needed to be and build strategy accordingly. Samantha, those are a couple of great stories. I really, really think that was as eye-opening and fascinating. I think there's a lot more that you probably offer and, you know, in our limited time constraints, we can't cover everything, but I know that some folks out there will probably be interested in learning a little bit more about, you know, how to get in touch with you a little bit, maybe about what their company could benefit from this. How could they get in touch with you and uh, talk to you a little bit more about it? Yeah, absolutely. First up, uh, you can always check out neworchard.com. I believe there is actually a free business identity index on there. So if you're an individual and you want to take that, um, go ahead and do so, and we'll send your results over to you if you want to try it out. Nice. And then you can also uh, contact me via email. I'm at Samantha B at neworchard.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. I'm a little bit of a LinkedIn purist. Um, so if I don't know you, I probably won't accept your request on LinkedIn because I <laughs> like to use it for its original purpose of true networking. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. So if you want to get in touch with me, shoot me an email. Sounds like it sounds like a plan. I totally understand that too as well. Samantha, <laughs> thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's a really eye-opening and really informational. Uh, I, I want to be able to take a look at my company a little bit differently. And and you know, this is this is really nice stuff. So thanks again yeah. for coming by. Yeah, I encourage people definitely go out there and take that free test. Just you know, mm -hmm. do it. It's fun. it's really quick and easy. I think you'll find it. What do you have to lose? Find out what That's you are. Right. Really thanks, guys. Thank thanks you. So thanks for joining us. You've been listening to WFH with two guys. We'll see you next time.